Hey everyone, this is your host Jack Rourke speaking, and uh, if you're wondering why I'm doing this little uh, prelude to the show, it's because what you're about to listen to was recorded like a month ago, and uh, I forgot to upload it until like just now, so, oh, sorry about that. Anyway, things have been hectic on our end, and don't worry, we will be getting back to your regularly scheduled episodes very soon, but until now, enjoy our discussion on David Lynch and uh, a number of other sort of topics. Signing off, only to sign back on in a few seconds. Just listen to the episode. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce you the best new podcast for weird movies and far-off flicks. This is... Listeners, welcome back to Warped Celluloid, the best podcast about far-out films. I'm your host, Jack Rourke, and with my co-host... Chandler Williams. How you doing, Chandler? How's it going, man? I'm good, Jack. How are you? I'm doing pretty groovy, and I think we should ask someone else who's doing groovy. Today, we're doing a first for Warped Celluloid. We got a special guest, and his name would be... Omar Letson. How you doing, everybody? How you doing, man? I'm, I'm far out. I mean, I'm here. I, sw- I, sw- I swear, I swear I'm not high right now. <laughs> I wish I was fucking high. I'm, I'm about as much of a lightweight as it gets around here. <laughs> I feel that, I feel that. Yes. Anyway, so uh, what are we going to be talking about today, you guys? Today we're going to be talking about Wild at Heart. Can I talk to Lula? You are not going to see him ever. I killed. I'd go the far end of the world for you, baby. A man can't ask for more than that. You move me, Sam. You really do. You want me to shoot Sailor in the brains with a gun? Wild and weird on top. By David Lynch. Yeah, by David Lynch. By David Lynch. Directed by David Lynch. You guys, I assume you guys did this shit before. Wow. Stumbled over your words. (laughs) I mean, mean, trust me, we're professionals in the loosest, and I do mean (laughs) loosest sense of the word. I'll probably cut this out at some point because I had to stick trailer audio in somewhat. But still, first impressions is, I mean, I'm assuming you guys have some experience with David Lynch. Like, I've only gotten into it recently. Like, the first thing I, I saw of his was around 11th grade. I saw The Elephant Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, which nice. Is a, which I'd argue is one of his better films. Almost just, if only just because of the black and white photography because it looks... Yeah. Also, when that ending still makes me sad, like, that hits me where I live. Yeah, um, I actually have not seen that, but I've been watching a lot John of John Hurt's great, amazing in it. Lately. I've watched uh, Mahomes Drive. 
I still haven't seen Mulholland Drive. Oh, it's great. It's yep. great. And uh, Blue Velvet, which which I love. Favorite David Lynch film. Yeah, Blue Velvet. I Blue actually Vel rented Lost Highway from the. I still have never finished Lost Highway. Like I remember, I put yeah. it on at like two a.m. one night over the summer or summer, and I just never finished it because I felt like I, I was engaged, but I was also that kind of tired where I'm like I'm not sure if what I'm watching right now is real or it's just because my head is so exhausted, so I just on the verge of passing out. David Lynch is the best when you're inebriated on something. When I you're figured. on some type of psychedelic, Here, it's like yeah. the best. And the same goes for this film, which, okay, now is the point where we drop the audio in, so uh, prepare for the trailer. Alright, so, first impressions. Here we go. I agree, Jack, with what you told me. You said this is the horniest film. Well... Absolutely. Yeah, I'm struggling to think of anything that's just as wall-to-wall... -wall... Horny. <laughs> yeah. Horny on main the movie. <laughs> it's it's David Lynch doing John Waters is the kind of the best way I can think of it. And uh, Omar, since you're the resident John Waters fan in these parts, how would you how do you say about that? The thing about this movie is it's just so campy, and that's John oh, Waters God. to a T. Oh God, yeah. The Wizard of Oz references the, the oh, weird use the metal soundtrack, all the fire imagery. You know, you like the weird side characters feel like some, it's the side characters in specifically that remind me of the David. Lynch. The John Waters comparison. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember, or like, how the mom keeps hiring different hitmen to take out how Nicholas <laughs> yeah. Cage's character, Sailor Ripley. I will repeat, his name is Sailor Ripley. Yeah. I can't tell if that is the dumbest name or the most badass name in, a, in this kind of movie, but it goes back and forth. I thought it was stupid. I was like, why the fuck is his name Sailor? I mean, names are Ripley, Sailor. Ripley still sounds cool, though. But well, yeah. I don't know, maybe it just got me thinking of Alien. This movie is interesting because, in the same way that John Waters does his movies, there's a mixture of transgressivism and also just innocence, uh, campy fun, and a bit of innocence. Here's yes. the thing: John Waters movies are gross, but it feels like it ran gross in the way like a prankster, like a kid, like a kid yeah. in the playground trying to wave around like I don't know a dog turd or a bit or a dead bird or something. Mm, like, like yeah. hey, isn't this gross? There's an element <laughs> of delinquency there that yeah. comes. Like, off it's not going to do anything that hurts you. With a couple exceptions, because there's a few moments in this movie that are kind of genuinely horrifying. Like, uh, Willem Dafoe's character and where he ultimately goes is... Oof. Yeah. Willem Dafoe as a Bobby Peru. Which is... Which is a great character. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great performance, and not the performance I expected, because I've seen, like, gifts of his character going around, like, movie message boards, but I didn't know he would be talking like this. And, uh... He definitely made me less feel less self-conscious about my teeth, because his teeth are yeah. nasty in same, that. Same, same. Do you think those are his real teeth? Uh, no, no, there's no way those are real. Yeah. I'm just, it's yeah very, they were it's real, they were... Um, special effects. Oh yeah, the makeup's good. Practical. Which actually reminds me of a few things. Uh, first off, Dave, I'm, okay, as usual, spoilers. The way that Willem Dafoe dies at the end of this, uh, that almost got this movie an X rating. I mean, wow. Because, like, you know that little cloud of dust? You, you ever think that looks unofficial? Like the blood dust? No, not the, the blood, the dust itself, like the way it covers his face. Yeah. Yeah, they added that in post because that almost got this thing an X rating. That's hilarious. Because it was too graphic for some people. There were a lot of really dumb graphics. The MBAA is so fucking weird because it took Terminator ten times to go through the editing bay before they got that down to an R. Very bad. Terminator, wow. which isn't even, which isn't even that extreme. Which isn't... The first scene in the movie where Shoot. Sailor... Um, beats the fuck out of this dude, and it just oh, looks right. so Oh, right, where they're at, like, that dining hall banquet. 
I still love that part where he's uh, picking up Laura Dern in the car. He's like, you ever I mean, wonder why I wear this jacket? It's because it's an expression of my individuality. That was the dumbest shit ever. I, I love much, that catchphrase. I'm quite, that he repeats yeah, it. I'm going to be... So, it's so that, Nick That Cage. is the one thing I think it's gonna that's going to enter my vernacular the more I think about it. It represents my spirit Maybe. of individuality. What's the better Nick Cage moment in this? The, I mean, that point, the point where they're in the hotel room and he just punches the air for no reason, looking like some sort of Elvis Presley knockoff, or at the end where he sings... Uh, well, speaking of Ellis, where he sings Love Me Tender to Laura Dern. I, I personally like the catchphrase that he repeats. Yeah. I think two or three times. Does he say it more than once? Because oh, I don't yeah. remember he only in the intro. He says it at least three. Yeah. Oof. And I love his jacket. It's, oh, yeah. The, the jacket oh, yeah, the snake skin. That's That snake skin. I wonder how much. It looks like something I pick up, pick up over at one of those antique malls over mm -hmm. over Broughton. Yeah. That would be a great Halloween co um, costume oh, for Oh, totally. Oh okay, totally. Couple, yeah. It's I was gonna I was gonna say if I ever do couples costumes at a Halloween party, it's gonna be either this or Clarence in Alabama from True Romance, which I'm gonna be honest, which as much as David Lynch's fingerprints are all <laughs> over this, which they definitely are it is distinctly a Lynch movie, the waters comparisons are the one that stuck out to me the most. Yeah. Right, the transgressivism, but not but not angry transgressive, more playfully, which is weird because the fire imagery and how violent it is in some points. Well yeah, so there uh, the thing about this movie is um the theme of fire and the theme of destructionism and like self-destruction they're not really th Nicolas Cage doesn't really play it that angry with his discretion I was gonna say it's more it's more fun cr it's yeah. not it's yeah. not it's not putting bad lieutenant in angry it's more it's, it's more, more not, it's not more even playful, playful and um yeah pretty pretty innocent and just like yep. light-hearted with innocent in a very adult way yeah yeah yep oh god god speaking of light-hearted stuff Let's get to the other elephant in the room, the Wizard of Oz references. Well, David Lynch has said that the Wizard of Oz is one of his favorite movies. Which, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't blame him. Yeah, I, mean, I, like, totally that's, that. I wonder if that's the movie that like, set the alarm bells ringing. Like, I need to do surrealism. <laughs> like, it's, it's not, not Fulcrum Point, uh, his uh, Patient Zero, so to speak. Mm -hmm. See, for me, I felt like the Wizard of Oz references were a little heavy-handed. I could have oh, gone God, yeah. with, like, I think, one or two that were kind yeah, of... Yeah, I think they could. They, they feel deliberately out of place. Some of them just seem silly. I have I have a buddy on Twitter. I actually liked the um, the last one, like, the, the big one. That was the, hilarious. Yeah, it is pretty goddamn funny. Yeah. <laughs> Don't they have, like, the good witch show up at the end? In yeah, a bubble? yeah like, in a bubble. What? I'm sorry, it's been, like, two weeks since I've watched this, so I'm, and I've been busy as hell lately, so forgive me if my memory's a little faded. Oh god, you know, I think I think the ending is I'd argue kind of a, a good note for the movie to end on just because I mean, because it's kind of the whole tone summed up. Um, it's it feels out of place, jarring, schizophrenic, but ultimately kind of heartwarming and charming. It'll stick with you, that's Absolutely. for sure. I love the uh, in credits. Where, um, oh yeah, it's overlaid over the actual film. Oh yeah, I love when that's. Does that off. happen a lot anymore? Because I'm not, not, really, not really. I haven't seen that in a while. I think the last time I saw it was Good Time. Because that, I mean, where they just showed uh, Ben, um, I mean, Benny Safdie wandering around through the hospital ward. And, you know, uh, as the Iggy Pop. Last time I saw it, I think it was School of Rock. Really? Yeah. Huh. School of Rock. I haven't, wa I haven't watched that since I was 12. Oh, that's great. I do like Richard Lenglater, though. It's, I, my favorite of his still has to be Everybody Wants Some, because that, that is a movie really? I just, Yeah, it's, I, I like these and use I've never loved it. Hmm. Yeah, that makes any sense. Yeah. And, but Everybody Wants Some, that's a movie I can just put on because I'm huge in the late seven, that whole late 70s aesthetic. I mean, you got the you got the cars playing I mean, playing over the end credits. Cre you got the whole hey let's I mean, let's celebrate Labor Day weekend and just fuck around, I mean, around and, do, and drink a few beer beers. But I'm like okay I can dig with that. I can. I, you know it's a good like comfort food move. 
and we just like that you can sense. put on like you know exactly what you're going to get out of it and you get it and you just feel totally set like oh yeah that hit the spot i honestly mm. couldn't get into it because after like coming off boyhood yeah. um seeing like such a much lower production quality and like it Which is weird considering how bo- of Boyhood. The ironic thing is that Boyhood wasn't the one out of by the major studio. It was everybody wants them. That I don't remember. I think it was not Lionsgate. Who did put out Boyhood? I'm, was it Paramount? No, no, Paramount did. Everybody wants them. I don't recall. I I'm probably. By the way, the way uh, for future warning guests, we're all probably going to go off right off topic very very fast very often. I noticed that. <laughs> because yeah, my brain is a complete mess. Mm. What were we talking about again? Well, while he looks that up, can we discuss how many titties were in this movie? Oh, God. We've already brought... flooded with titties. God, there's so many sex scenes. So many. But not even the sex scenes. Like, there's a scene where they're just... IFC. It was IFC that put up boy. Oh, Oh, cool. Of course. Anyway, back to the fun stuff. Back to the... Yep, the... Well, fun in quotations. While there is a lot of sex scenes in this movie, there's just an erotic... Yep. there, There are erotic tones whenever there's not... Sex scenes. Yeah. The weird thing like, is, it's the, the tension. Oh yeah, the tension between between uh, Dern and Cage. Because yeah. The well, weird they, thing they, that we, they were great. Together. What's striking? Oh, they they are great together. And I agree. The funny thing is, uh, we're talking about this a couple weeks after the Oscars, where Laura Dern finally got a Best Supporting Actress, and uh, they gave an honorary one to David Lynch. So it feels like if we were going to talk about the, uh, this at any time, now would be a good time. She's just not getting an Oscar. Like yeah, just now. Wow. I know. I know. Right? It feels weird. I mean, I mean, she deserves it, but it feels weird that it's just happening yeah. now. I feel like she's always been around. Yeah, I mean, like good. Roles. You know who's all, also always been around? Who we talked about in the show? Harry Dean Stanton as the poor yes. as the poor dad who has to deal with this insane mom trying to kill her, her boyfriend. Like, just let these two be. He's What's pretty, your problem? He's pretty typecast. Like he plays yeah. the same like sad. What about, I mean, he's good at it. Oh yeah, he's good at it. most definitely. But he's. He, I see him. I see him as the same. A character lot of every yeah, time a I see lot. Him. I mean, like he's he looks like he needs a shit. He looks like he's been working working over 60 hours a week, a week, and you really, really want to buy him a beer or something. <laughs> like, he looks like that one friend, like, okay, who hurts you and what? <laughs> right, okay. One of the best scenes in the movie was when he's getting tortured. Oh, right. That was fucking hilarious. Oh, God. Only David Lynch can make that fun. The way, I thought, one of the reasons I like David Lynch is the way he plays with tone. And mm-hmm. the, I've never got yeah. why some people get in and, like, they think he's, like, the embodiment of this humorless, pretentious arts. The only, like... No, David Lynch has a sense of humor. Oh, yeah. It's pretty obvious even in Twin Peaks, which I I finally just started watching, which I've, I've gone through the first season. I'm still a little wary about getting to the second season because I heard it's mixed. Same. Yeah, the first yeah, season's great. Yep. Oh, yeah. David Lynch has a lot of dark humor. Oh, yeah, dark. Mm-hmm. In a very specific Did anyone way. see that Netflix short he put out, the one where he's talking to the monkey? I've been meaning no. to. I what the jet? Ja- I watched it and, uh... I was talking to someone. Yeah, it's David Lynch, all right. Yeah, it's David Nice. Yep. The, they do this thing with the monkey where they have, you know, imagine those old 60s cartoons where the mo- it was very infrequently motion because these things were made for, like, a plate of ham sandwiches and dime, mm-hmm. and dimes. Uh, they just have, like, still drawings, and they like, superimpose people's mouths moving on top mm-hmm. of it. On te- Is it, like, uh, the talking orange? orange? You know, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's that. Orange. Yeah, that, but le- slightly less creepy, although they keep the original monkey's eye. Uh, it's just that the mouth stands out, and I, I think it's supposed to. Mm, like, I'm sure, the- I'm sure. Like, David Lynch will do stuff that he knows doesn't fit. Or he doesn't fit or at least be off, or catch you off guard just for the sake. But not in a way that feels indulgent, but more of a way of setting, like, tone setting. But also, he can do whatever he wants as David Lynch. If oh, yeah, any other director did that, they might get on yeah. their ass for it. 
I was gonna say, how would actually how does d this rank within uh, David Lynch's filmography in your opinion? Like, like top from, tier, or mid tier? From what I've seen, I would put this mid tier. Same. Yeah, I'd say mid tier. Like, I'd still say my favorite. This is either yeah, I know this is gonna be basic, but Eraserhead or Blue Velvet is probably. Oh, Although I, re I really, really do have a soft spot for the Yellow Man. Mm -hmm. The one I really want to watch for him is, uh, speaking of weird trivia regards to David Lynch and mainstream filmmaking, he did a Disney movie back Straight in the late stories, 90s. Right? Yeah. yeah. Which is weird because Richard Farnsworth was nominated for, it was his last role before he passed away. Like, I, I found a copy of that at the library, which I'm going to check out one of these days because it is almost impossible to find outside of, like, an IG. As long as, it's not you know, in print on DVD anymore, you can't, there's no Blu-ray and, uh, it, the most I could I mean, find it is uh, Amazon on for like three ninety nine. Right. Mm. I mean, it's a movie I think should be a regular rotation. I agree. Speaking of renting, this movie's very fucking hard to find. I know it's weird. Oh yes. I mean, Kino Warper has a good DVD out of that. That's what I watched mm -hmm. off. But like streaming, um, other, there's no way. Yeah. Which is why I don't get why people put in their entire trust in streaming is because absolutely because it is the thing comes off. I was gonna say it can wipe be wiped away like that. Now, if you think about, it, I remember uh, there was an article I read about someone having their entire iTunes library what I mean, wiped and asked emailing Apple about it. They're like, "Yeah, but there's nothing we can do. Sorry." Damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, which I is why I still buy Blu-rays. Same. Same. And not just because I'm like, oh, I'm thinking like I'm do I'm doing the Lord's work or whatever. Whatever. No, I like I like to own the shit I, like I to own. Touch it. I like. He likes <laughs> to touch them. <laughs> I like to buy the Criterion Collection also. Sponsored by Criterion. <laughs> We're making. I swear, if you pour through these podcasts, eventually we're gonna make, make that into a running joke. We're gonna make. If we ever do merch, we'll probably put that on a T-shirt. Maybe. Who knows? I'd buy your merch. Why not? Yeah, I mean, sure, sure. Why not? We might start. We're probably gonna start a Patreon within a couple months. Who knows? Oh. I mean, yeah. Let's see if Scad can sponsor us. You think that? Uh, would they want? The question is what, whether they can. It's not whether they can. It's whether they want to. It's whether they. Want, I know they sponsor a lot of student productions. They but do. I don't, yeah, they? It, it would be a few. Yeah, and I, I, one of the things I like about anyway, back back to the topic again. One of the things I like about this movie is it belongs to a very specific subgenre: the love on the run. Run, yeah. I think. You know, Bonnie and Clyde, True Romance, Into the Into the Night, mm -hmm. to an extent, Natural Born Killers. Although the weird thing is, is that I can see a lot of True Romance's DNA in this. Although this came out like three years before True Romance. See, I was reading an article about this movie, and a lot of critics say that this movie is made as a parody of that genre. Mm -hmm. It makes sense because it kind of I even True Romance was a parody. That like yeah. Tarantino got the time. I mean, before he was gonna, he wrote it as a he wrote three scripts originally, and he only ended up making Res more dogs. Natural Born Killers got sold to Oliver Stone and uh, ch changed drastically to the point where Tarantino disowned it. And yeah, if you ever talk to him, don't mention it because he. Fucking hates what Dick Oliver Stone did to it. I doubt I'll be able to talk to this person. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I none okay, of us will. Like, like, just and, a, and have someone. Yeah, else, uh, I get that. Just like destroy it. Tony Scott ended up doing uh, True Romance, and I remember uh, when he died, uh, Tarantino talked about him, and he actually really liked what he did with it because, uh, like, the scene with uh, Drex, Drexel Gary Oldman's character, the fact that he has uh, that lamp that hangs down all the way to the coffee table, and the whole thing is like covered in club '90s club music and like pink and <laughs> and leopard patterns. Like, that's a touch he didn't even think of, but he loves. It. Yeah. God, I miss Tony Scott. I miss Tony. <laughs> yep. Let's talk about the music in this movie. They All right, the metal, the metal uh, yeah. soundtrack is so weird to me. It felt Wait, fitting obviously in the like an uncomfortable way. Like yeah, a, a yep. totally not fitting. Yeah, that's a good way to describe this movie. It fits, but it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, it yeah. fits, but not in the ways you expect. I guess it fits in an unfitting. A way. very weird mix of mood. Right, moods like right, and it's like oh, that's sweet too. Okay, get a room you two too. Oh. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh. Oh. A mix of like metal, western, or the, or like the, the Albert west country, setting. country. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say there's a lot of imagery of desert, which like it was the back. Yeah, and like the on the run. I still didn't expect that, but we're in a bit with the the, the good wish showing up at the yeah. end. Like, I always figured it was just gonna be. Oh, it was just gonna be now. Like oh, he he went there. I'm like I applaud you for doing that. I applaud you. I liked it as a dream sequence though. Yeah. And like when he when I mean the shot of him. Lunch, whether or not it's even a dream sequence or just that's the way the world works. <laughs> I like the shot of him like um, waking back up. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a start. I do. Uh, I like how sunburned a lot of this movie looks. How baked, how like baked and not just saturated, but cut. It has a faded quality. Yeah, like, it gives a texture. I think one of the funniest lines in the movie was after he woke up and he said, "I'm sorry for calling you all homosexuals." <laughs> that was so fucking funny. And then he goes, "Lola." Uh, I I do love love that though. he beats up all those biker guys Lola. at the end, but they ended up like rejoining like some sort of chorus line. <laughs> yep. I remember, actually, well, I'm sure who shot the, Chris. Oh yeah, you know what's funny is um, like they got the same person to do the music for the score for this. That they did a uh, Twin Peaks. Lynch would work on with Twin Peaks. He also uh, got a uh, Chris Isaac, like who's a pop star kind of country rockabilly dude from the '90s. He even shows up in Firewalk with me. Interesting. Firewalk with me has a lot of very good music in it, <laughs> including David Bowie. David as one as an FBI agent, which. Wow. I love David Bowie. David Bowie basically playing his version of Crockett from Miami Vice, which, like, is the best way I can sum up that character, which, if that alone doesn't convince you to watch Firewalk Me, I don't know what does. I really want to see it. Which, I'm I'm still putting it off. I know that because, again, I've seen bits and pieces. Because if you hang around certain subcultures enough, you get to absorb yeah. everything, even if yeah. you haven't seen it. You have secondhand osmosis, probably. <coughs> Anyway, Jesus Christ. There's, I'm thinking about bringing a new feature onto the show, like around, around the end, but screw it, let's just do it in the middle right now. What would you pair as a double feature with this? Like, what would... Um, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah that's probably the most... Um, I want to say True Romance, but that feels way too obvious. Or, actually, I have a perfect one. Wild at Heart and, and Jonathan Demme's Something Wild. Something Wild is the more mainstream version of this. Like, there's some pretty violent parts. Like, Ray Liotta's a straight-up psychopath in that movie. I mean, he's great at because it's really Oda, but still. Mm-hmm, I agree. Yeah, and it's more comedic, like more comedic, straightforward with uh, Jeff Bridges Mel- and Melanie Griffith, and it is a sweet little movie, and it's one that I liked. I'm like, yeah, it was pretty good, but now that I think about it, like it grows on. Me. Mm-hmm. I mean, Demi's always been a really interesting particular filmmaker. Like, how what other filmmaker moves from, from like mainstream studio comedies like Melvin and Howard this to Stop Making Sense to Silence of the Lambs to that remake of the Manchurian? He has a surprisingly interesting film. In terms of how mixed and nuanced. Mm-hmm. Yep. I see. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. I think I'd pair this movie with um, Kenneth Anger's Scorpio. Ooh. Experimental film, yeah. It has the same kind of motorbike gang kind of feel to it. The whole 50s, I, or the whole 50s drive-in feel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably put it after that, though, because I feel like Scorpio's a little long. Like, no, it's actually quite short. Never I'm mind. actually, I'm struggling to think of what, how I'd order my, in mind. I'd probably put something wild after, because you Right, no, it's like going through or having a really rough day. You'd want something light to I mean, kind of mm-hmm. alleviate your mood. I hate double features. I don't like I, sitting in the seat that long. I mean, I don't, it's a pet. Like, also, oh, if you hate double features, movie. you'd hate button numathon or like because I remember uh, the Alamo Draft House used to do this thing for for the press where every year they would have like a whole like seventy two hour block of movie. I mean, movies just to see how long it would last, and they occasionally like mix in stuff like trailer. It's how I heard about Stunt Rock thanks to a podcast, which is a movie we're probably gonna have to talk about. No, because it's a, it's this Australian band called Sorcery that literally does stunts as they perform rock, and it's legitimately impressive. Like, huh. Yeah, it's that kind of prog rock, like Rick Wake, 
I mean, dudes in wizard capes pl playing uh, 20 minute C synth keyboard solos. You know, this is now the second time in the episode where I've lost my train of thought. We're not even 20 minutes in. You know, one thing I really loved about this film is uh, the scene where they stumble across the uh, the accident. Mm -hmm. And the, the the woman, she's like looking for her hair bit tie or hair run. That just felt so well written and so yeah. solid. Lynch is a solid writer, in my opinion. I remember like Blue Velvet. It, here's the thing: they, Lynch. All, people always accuse Lynch of going far too the extra, which is something that I always get annoyed by because even something like a Racerhead still has a pretty bit, good through line through that. Through that, and it's not like the stuff is done randomly. There is a purpose to to it. It's just really really off putting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean that in a good way, by the way. I agree. Yep. His like, dialogue in this movie is very. I was gonna say, Blue Velvet has yeah. a very something like Blue Velvet, which is can get really disturb or disturbing and out and avant garde at points. Still has a very very stand standard detective story line. Although there, that reminds me of. I remember reading uh, David O. Like uh, the critic for IndieWire, Wire. He looked back on Blue Velvet. He thought it was he actually had a really interesting hot take. Does Twin Peaks make Blue Velvet irrelevant? I mean, because like, both are aiming for the same yeah. thing, but one... And they're kind of set in, the, they're, they're in like, a similar setting with the, uh, the logging town. Oh, God, yeah, the logging... As a backdrop. Yep. I like... They both know, have Kyle... Um, uh, Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. I think Laura Dern awesome. actually... Laura Dern's in the, in the third season that they, oh, really? they did for, for Showtime, right? Yeah, she is. I mean, I'm just trying, I was just trying to remember, because I still I want to watch The Return, so... But, man, but i got to catch up with the rest. I watched yeah. anything with Laura Dern in it. She's amazing. I was going to say... Even Marriage Story, which I'm kind of happy that didn't win Best Picture. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's good, but it. yeah, it's good. But you are definitely it's not the best movie that you're. I'm happy it kind of went through. Which one is that one? Is that the, the one? The one, one with Adam Driver and Scott Johansson. That's ass. Like Noah. That movie's Noah. ass. Eh, I thought it was fine. It's good. I'm. I think we kind of went crazy. We're like, if you like it, I respect your opinion. But for me, like, I just think there were better movies that were in that nomination category. When they were yelling at each other, I was like, this isn't how an argument goes. You don't use verbose words like that when you're arguing with somebody. Oh shit, I wonder if they're chasing around Nick Cage and Laura Dern outside right now. <laughs> Could you imagine? I have two lines of dialogue that I really enjoyed. So, and those would be? Mm -mm. Lula says, one of these mornings the sun's gonna come up and burn a whole claim throughout the planet like an elect electrical x-ray. Very poetic. Yeah, I, I, really like yeah, I love that. That that speaks to the whole Raymond Chandler, Raymond Chandler noir vibe where they have narration that sounds... I mean, that sounds poetic, even though it's very down and dirty and grimy. Mm -hmm. All like, of the scenes where it's just Laura Dern and Nick Cage, especially, yeah. like, in the bed or just, like, yeah. in an intimate setting, the dialogue is so, so good. So yeah, I, here's the thing is, you know what's funny is we've, met, we've mentioned the sex scenes and that there's a lot of them, like, a surprising amount for a, for a movie that probably one of the more mainstream things David Lynch has made, more roughly speaking. Yeah. 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 I argue more so the Blue Velvet, which, it's still weird to me that Dino Deal Rent has produced that. I feel okay. like Blue Velvet's more talked about though. Than yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Blue because it's probably it's arguably his most iconic movie outside of Eraserhead. It's either or for his most Drive. famous movie. Yeah, I was gonna say it's either that Mulholland Drive or Eraserhead. Yeah. Yeah. I still like Blue Velvet better though. I do. Even though, which is weird because I rate this higher. Really? I mean, like I give Blue. If yeah, we're rating this on a ten, I give Blue Velvet a seven, but I give this an eight. Which really. I think, I, I do think it is possible to like a movie more, even if it's not the better made of a two. Yeah, okay, you enjoy it more. Well, that's Yeah, like, Blue Velvet's the one I think is easier to get into. Yeah, like, like I... Like, I'd be in a mood to put this on. Like, yes, mean, exactly. Like, I'll back John Waters any day, but I I'm will not like, say that he's a good director. Like, like, like good in the traditional sense. 
Like, yeah, there are elements of you, you still you can nitpick, but it reminds me of, like, when it talks about Neil, Bre something like Neil Breen recently, like, that dude who makes so bad zero movies, and not just because he's the only notable filmmaker from Las Vegas, I can think of, uh, but he's also because who else is making stuff like the way he does? Mm -hmm. I mean, it might be bad, but it's fascinatingly bad, and it's kind of transgresses into something unrecognized. There's a term for it, outsider art, although John Waters probably knows more about filmmaking than Neil Breen does, because Neil Breen was a friggin' architect. <laughs> or a real estate guy before. As in, I saw his business card when I was moving house. And so like, I, remember, I remember looking at some scenes from his film, like, wait a minute, I recognize, I've been in those neighborhoods. <laughs> and it's like, hilarious. it's that kind of weird deja vu chemical flashback. In fact, that just like, it really color recolors how you view it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Here's my second dialogue that I like. Oh yeah, continue. All right, was, go. <clears throat> Sailor boy, how do you like to fuck? <laughs> That's just hilarious. <laughs> That's just so funny. Maybe I should have put the... I didn't put this on more recently. Like, oh right, I remember. I re oh god, I remember that now. Yeah, it's just you know, so funny, and she's so trash. Sailor boy, how do you like the fuck? And he's just like, yep, I yeah. wouldn't. The mop. The we the scene that really sticks out like weird and like low key horrifying isn't even one of the most transgressive or violent. It's the scene where like the mom is just like covering her face in the lipstick. Yeah. Like that's just yes. like classic movie. It feels like something out of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Very low, Like just the way it like slowly zooms into that mirror. Remember, like, I almost expect, like, Michael Rooker to, like, just glare menacing into the camera. How do y'all feel about their accents? Which one? Like, like, every character? Yeah. Like, Nick Cage, oh, Nick Cage makes him work. Yeah, work in, in a very Nick Cage way. Laura, Laura Dern makes him work. Willem like Dafoe, Willem Dafoe definitely makes him work. They're not like, he owns the scummy southern they, thing. They work. Yeah, they like, go along with the campy Willem, Yeah, it Absolutely. fits the movie. Yeah. I remember, uh, the Willem Dafoe in particular, or, like, I've always been a fan of his, like, oh, the yeah. way... Where the way I don't know, he has more range than people think. Think like, yeah, he's good at playing like intimidating, menacing. Terms, but yeah, I also, also think he has like a really good capacity for, if not sweetness, at least tenderness and humanity. Like he's great at the Florida Project, and this is gonna sound weird, but Finding Nemo, honestly. Like yeah, he's yeah, really. one of the fish. Wow. And now like he's actually really good. Like I'm like that, even though he, it's only his voice. Mm -hmm. Like in this, the house was the best performance yeah. of his. Curse you, he's low. <laughs> Partially because the accents and the dial dialogue. I wonder how a Willem Dafoe so cooked lobster would tank taste. <laughs> because I kind of want that now. I'm would, not even a big fan of seafood. I'm not even a big seafood. I would have a drink with Willem Dafoe. Oh fuck yeah! I mean, I yeah, I bet I bet he'd be one of those guys who'd be really fun to talk to. Yeah. Like if. I mean, like, he's done some crazy shit. Like uh, oh god, yeah, like Nicholas Cage especially. Like obviously there's stuff on the record, like the fact that he stole like, a museum's worth of dinosaur about, and like <laughs> he spent some money on like castles and old comic books and like. You know what? I respect that. Yeah. He's like, who else do you hear spent who has that kind of money spending that kind of money that way? Who else? Do I'm sorry. What, what we're talking? Right, Willem Dafoe's voice in this. I think his voice is special. Like mm, he, yeah. he is completely tuned into what tone this movie is going. And his like teeth he's good. Are so oh, like, uh, so right. The makeup, like his eye, like he looks like a southern scum, like a guy who like crawled out and crawled like a black mar market. Like you need someone killed. I'm your man. Like, mm -hmm. a guy who, like, Calvin Candy in Tango Unchained. Yeah. You know, Jane, like, the guy who thinks he's, like, this really charming supervillain, but he's sick and disgusting. It's a very well-written, specific it's a very, character. Mm -hmm. I argue it's the performance, too. Yeah. Now I mean, it's the performance, but sometimes the, what on the page is just enough to, like, get the actor going, and it's what, what they bring to the table that makes it special. And both of their teeth are fucked up. Oh, yeah, right. Who's, although it's, it makes me wonder who's is more, Calvin Candy or a Bobby Peru. I would definitely say Bobby Peru. Yeah, yeah, probably because his teeth are almost not even there. It looks like the gum kind of yeah. absorbs it, like the fucking blob. Are, are, they're all there, but they're just like discolored. Yeah, it's weird. It's so, and the um, the camera does a great job of like 
kind of making you focus on his oh, yeah. teeth. In oh, yeah, the way, like, the, oh, yeah, the weird, it reminds you of the scene where they're actually brought in the bank and he's just t telling the cage, oh, by the way, I'm here to fuck you over. Or I'm going to turn you over to the cop. Or the cop's like, when he la when laughs and does that, oh, you know, a little bastard look. Yeah. I'm like, ugh. Like, Very William Defoe. Well, um, yeah. It reminds me of, I just tried to show Streets of Fire with some friends recently, and it reminds me, like, William Defoe has always had such a, or, like, He's one of those actors who he just defines his personality just by showing up. And like, well, in the in Streets of Fire, he might as well be playing the Joker because he is just the Joker, or a Joker like leather over or leather overalls and like a in like a greaser jacket. I saw mm -hmm. fan art of him as the Joker. And I was, was gonna say that's one of those casting like they had to have considered him. At oh one point. yes, definitely. Right, point, which makes it all the funnier that he's an Aquaman. <laughs> because which it's ironic, which we talk about how he's always tuned into the movies. He kind of looks lost in that. I mean, I don't blame him because there was so much going on at once. I was not a big fan of Aquaman. I who was? I was. I, <laughs> I, I I was. I thought it was absolute garbage. I thought I I thought you know what? I, I want to watch this with, as a double feature with with Flash Gordon on a late night, <laughs> maybe with a little something in my system. Yeah, I you know, with some friends at a la that. at a very very loud party. Like, hey yeah. guys, the part with the Hawkman show. The guy's riding this giant seahorse. I love horse. This is great. The, um, I love the giant CGI lobster. Oh god, yeah. The the octopus playing drums. The the I love the visual effects. The thing I love about it is it's goofy. Is that it oh, is completely so it embraces the goofiness of it. We're doing especially in the, like the snap. Not in a way that's snarky. Like it, there's it, it plays enough seriously to where it feels like camp. Like, yeah, it it doesn't do the MCU thing where, where they're not taking it seriously just by having everyone talk like the same snarky asshole, which is why I've never really gotten into Joss Whedon stuff recently. Yeah, like, and why I, I just can, got I sick can, because everyone is trying to talk to each other, I mean, out I mean, talking out smart each other like they're the smartest motherfucker in the room. It gets an, it gets annoying after a while. Though. It's a very easy thing to write. Yeah, it oh, is. Yeah. Oh, oh, totally. I've, I've written and so like I mean, I've never really made it, debatably. Although, that reminds me of another reason I wanted to have Omar was, uh, he was the script supervisor on a short film I made. Jesus Christ. About a year ago. I'll let you tell that story. I, I kind of wanted to bring you, like, I want to get an outsider's perspective because, uh, well, I'm kind of proud of that, kind of not, because I think I did a good job with the script and dialogue, and uh, I even got some decent shots out of it with the black and white. The shots were Like, I remember, there, like, there the shot, really there's a mid-shot at the end where I got my producer, who's also my, or in my lead. Or you leave like just him having a cigarette against the night. Or in the night's got like, okay, that turned out really cool. There were three people on that set. <laughs> there were if three that, fucking if people. If that, like, if we're three people not counting the act. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the shots I just came up with on the fly. I get that. I mean, I had a shot list made up, and I'm like, I just kind of threw it to the wayside and just kept it like, okay, I'm just going to have this to turn it, and otherwise we'll just go from here. Sometimes that works. I think I forgot to shoot half of a shot, reverse shot for that scene, and I didn't realize it until I entered the ending. We made. were just pounding those shots through. We were trying I'm like, to oh god, we shot this thing in like less than four hours. Wow. In a, in a friend's apartment. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I was see, actually in that class. Oh yeah, the same one. That we met. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, well, here we are. I mean, now, almost a year later. I got there to the set with my lights, with my light kit, because I just yeah. came out of another set. I get there, and they're like, Jack said, oh, fuck, I forgot my lights. And I said, okay, well, luckily I have lights, but next time, <laughs> next time. you need to bring lights to I know. the set. I'm aware, that was a, if there's one thing I'm happy with, it was a learning experience. For example, Absolutely. never record audio in camera. Absolutely not. Never. Wait, and did I you do have a mean, boom? I thought you had a boom with you. It didn't work. It didn't connect mm -hmm. to the camera. Oh yeah, the sound here's the thing. The problem was uh, our our producer was a great guy. Like he was really into the project. He actually played the lead role. Like literally, if I could work with him again, I absolutely would. But uh, 
we had a problem where we originally had all of our equipment, lighting, sound, camera, every, literally everything, we got all our bases covered. Cut to the day we need to pick the stuff up. He ha calls me saying, I need to pick it up, which I can't because of regulation. And it's not because he has a pest control problem at his pl place. So I'm running around town pan panicked, and then I have to reserve it again three, years, three days later, and I forgot to get most of the stuff. Also, just reserve. It's a miracle that turned out as well as it did. It's so horrible. Oh yeah, I'm like, there is horror shots. stories we could tell, but we won't do it. We'll tell them off mic. Scad's a great place. It's good. It's got its moments. It's got its... It, it's a, it's a, I it's met a, a great school. I met a lot of interesting people here, is there, so... There's a lot of great There's that in its favor. Yep, there's a lot of interesting thing, things. Like, sometimes you can just walk out in your burning bathroom just getting some co coffee from the cafeteria and just see... Guys in inflatable dinosaur co costumes reading Shakespeare. I swear, or I swear I've seen that. Oh, seen people with like cat ears. Oh yeah. Or like Art, tails. And art shit. school is one hell of a drug. The furry community yeah. is very alive. Yeah, I well, I always like. I just kind of keep my distance. Yeah, I'm, same. I'm like, I don't know what is going on right here. I probably should. I don't want to know, and I probably shouldn't know. So I'm just gonna leave well enough alone. Thank you. Not for me. Let's stick to this kind of weird, where we talk about weird, weird things with David Lynch and yes. Snakes and yes. Like overall, I recommend it. Moder modestly, highly, absolutely, I recommend this movie. If yeah, you're into okay. David Lynch, I would yep. definitely recommend it. But otherwise, it's one of his more yeah. unique films. Which I, it, yeah. it always feels weird to me to like single out stuff because his filmography is not like that, that small. I'd say all of his films are on the like same his, level of like. Um, of how renowned yep. they are, just like if you know David Lynch, you yeah. know his entire. Inland career. Empire is probably the, his, his last like actual like movie, movie movie, not counting the Twin Peaks of Return, which some kind of is a feature. I don't know what, which it's great. I'm not trying to, or in depth, it's probably great. I mean, like yeah. I haven't seen it, and I'm not trying to downplay it, but it always feels weird to me, like tr people trying to quantify like is this cinema? I'm yeah. not going to bring up the, the MCU Martin Scorsese to be like, oh shit, I just realized it's going to invite in the conversation. Fuck, 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 fuck. I would have had nothing to say. <laughs> what, what would you give this out of one out of ten? Seven or eight. Same. Like I'm flipping back and forth. I think I gave it an eight. On yeah, I think. Letterboxd. Um, also follow us on Letterboxd. Follow us on Letterboxd. It's just our names. It's. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at out. It's just Outward Celluloid. We're thinking about getting an Instagram or Facebook. If you guys want it, we'll make it. If not, we'll just stick with Twitter, because that's all we need. Anyway, as for your rating, Omar. Uh, well, enjoyment, I'd give it like a seven and a half. Yeah, it's an it's entertaining, I'll say that. Whether all of it like coalesces into like a cohesive whole is debatable, but it's definitely an interesting. I, I'm just going to give it a seven and a half overall. Yeah. Even, even quality, I'd say it's seven good. and a half. It's a pretty, it's mid -tier it's pretty decent it's movie, yeah. Yeah, mid-tier lens is a yep. great way to describe it. I'm going to say, I, I want to you know what would be fun is like, the kind of the Criterion channel has this, sponsored by Criterion, <laughs> or it has this thing. Thing where they like curate little like boxes of movies. Like they did this one for 70s sci-fi back in January, which I really wish I checked out. And apparently it's gone now. I if I could do it, I would curate an entire like Love on the Run or like One Crazy Night movie. It would be an yeah. end of the night, true romance, wild at heart, something wild. What else? Maybe Streets of Fire, arguably. Does Natural Born Killers count, or is that too like nihilistic and grim for that? Never seen that. Or like, or, like I aesthetic. I doubt it. Like just Robert Downey Jr. is in that. I keep forgetting. Like, oh yeah, he was acting before the 2000s, I forgot. <laughs> He's really good in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which makes me sad that he hasn't oh, done... I can't love that movie. I really wish he was in more stuff outside, outside of the MCU in the last 10 years. What like... about that Chaplin movie he was in? Oh yeah, Chaplin, he did play Chaplin. Richard Attenborough directed that. 
Is he called Chaplin? Yeah, it's just called Chaplin. Yeah. It's real. They actually, I've seen clips of it. I wish more people talked about it. That was a good. Yeah. That's a good little movie. All right, Warped Celluloid, the podcast where we say we're talking about weird movies, and then we get into tangents about other movies. About because, other weird movies. <laughs> because that's how because that's how podcasts work. Because weird movies will be discussed either way. Whether or not it's the yeah. one we say we're going to talk about is a uh, is a matter of uh, personal interpretation. I reject your hypothesis. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Warped Celluloid. This is Chandler. This is Jet. This is Chandler. <laughs> Williams, uh, I am, he Jack- is, you are, we are all together. This is Jack Rourke signing out. <laughs> this is Chandler. <laughs> this, okay, I'm Jack Rourke, and that's Chandler. And, uh, and I'm Omar. Where can people find you? Like, uh, on the corner. <laughs> on any corner of like, any pro- street. Probably just with me, you're just bumming cigarettes off of people. Or you can catch me on at Omar underscore not underscore John Instagram. A lot of shitty stuff on that. And that's about it. Debatably. I think some of it's kind of cool. Oh, so thank you. Like, whenever you post about, like, the Velvet Underground and stuff, that's really pretty neat. Well, your taste is questionable. <laughs> I mean, my... I, look, I I never... I will never claim that I'm cool to a broad populace, but I'm <laughs> cool to me, and that is all that matters. You're cool to... You're so cool. cool. To, like, very, a, a specific type of people. <laughs> it was very... A, a giant, a yeah. Wibble, a you're, way, you're you have to groove on a very particular way. Yes, like, exactly, exactly. No cool guy does the Fonzie... <laughs> <laughs> I, ju- I just. <laughs> okay, but for real now, this has been Warp Cellular. Thank you all for listening. Next week, actually, have we even decided on what we're gonna do next week? I'm thinking, I'm thinking we're either gonna do Dead Man, or we're gonna do Zardoz. Actually, let's do Zardoz. Okay. We're yeah. doing okay next weekend. We're gonna do Zardoz. Anyway, since it's March, and I figured we could do a whole sci-fi thing and or anything with a green poster. Let's just do a fun theme. Anyway, Warp Cellular. Thanks for listening. Now signing off. Bye. See ya. Far out.